0: It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Australia's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Australia's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, Also, this preamble is gonna be the same for every media cast we do for players in this series. So uh, those who are familiar with it can jump ahead to around four minutes when we begin to talk about the team. Uh, The times for each section are near the bottom of the show notes. And for YouTube watchers, these include a timestamp that you can click uh, directly on to go to that point. For those looking for a quick version of this uh, this media cast. You can skip to near the end and the last 10 minutes or so where where, where we summarize the likely starters. Uh, Just prior to that, with about 20 minutes remaining, we'll have some discussion about the squad. Uh, That includes main issues with the squads, their club affiliations, uh, some statistics, and an overview of new injured and outgoing players. Uh, We'll also be editing this media cast into a shorter version uh, so that those who are looking uh, just for a kind of an overview uh, can use that one rather than this detailed deep dive, um, the podcast uh, that goes into detail and uh, we go through the players and how likely they are to make it in Uh, make it to the final squad here and we explain why we think so and give information on each player's history and standing with the squad. So the way we do this is uh, first by organizing the players into their designated positions Uh, It should be noted that these are a bit artificial since players don't always play in their coded positions Uh, and we'll point that out along the way, but it's nevertheless a good way to organize the discussion. And then we go through the players and share some of the data we've collected in our soccer files and using that data we try to predict how likely the player is to make the final squad. Uh, based mostly on their recent participation, but a couple of other factors as well. We categorize them into definite, likely, possible, possible but unlikely, and seems to be off the squad. And we're also gonna mention uh, big players who have recently retired, and make note of any who are currently injured. And uh, we'll finish with a quick run through of the squad again and try to determine which players will be the starters. Okay, for those following on YouTube, we have a very simple graphic where we list the names so you can actually see the uh, players' names in writing. And uh, it's the same broadcast for the podcast, so we're going to try to repeat the names a few times to help listeners familiarize themselves with the players' names. Uh, That way, when they step onto the field, you'll have some idea who they are. You can impress your friends by telling them what you've learned uh and that's as much as we can do to this point but as the rosters are being published we're going to do an update episode on teams and players for the players that will essentially be going over our predictions today uh, and updating them based on games played to that point and revealing which players were selected so uh we're going up to june 2002 in our data here and um so the the um update podcast will kind of cover from uh the summertime on to november so keep keep your eye out for those probably in mid-november uh i used to have an australian shirt i know i did my brother bought it for me as a gift in london but Damn it, I can't find it. So all I can do today is represent Australian colors. I have the yellow and green underneath and I actually have my uh, university shirt, which is the same colors except kind of in inverse. It should be uh, yellow and green writing, but um, the one I have is green with yellow writing. Sorry, Australian uh, listeners for not having uh, my shirt found by the time I did this podcast. Okay, let's move on to uh, takeaways from previous podcasts. So we did do uh, a podcast for Australia during uh, qualifying. So the last round of Asian qualifying, uh, we looked at the groups and uh, glanced at the players, I would say, and we have a few takeaways from that podcast. So um, I'm gonna try something a bit different here and uh, put it in the form of questions at the beginning and then attempt to answer those questions at the end. So this is kind of a long-term thing for Australia, but has the move to the AFC helped Australia? And uh, similarly, has it helped um, the region in general? We'll come back to that uh, after we go through the players. The next question to think about as we go through is, is Australia getting stronger or weaker? Uh, in terms of players because that's what we're focusing on here but I guess we'll have to judge that by results and finally uh, what is the quality of the Australian players judging by their club affiliation well I sometimes think that's a bit elitist uh, to just look at the clubs they play for and judge them that way but it is uh, maybe one of the best ways we have to kind of assess the quality of a squad so keep your eyes on the club that they uh, are playing for or have played for and um, that will give us some indication of the quality uh, of the players all right let's move on to the formations that they've been using so um, we're going to start in uh, we're going to start our examination with the second round of World Cup qualifying or the final round of World Cup qualifying. So they played 10 games there, home and away against five other teams. And um, Australia started the first three games with a 4-2-3-1, which we're gonna see is uh, kind of their preferred formation, uh, the first three games. But after that, they started switching it up. Actually, games one, two, and three were against the weaker teams in the group, um, China, Vietnam, and Oman. Uh, but for Japan in game four, they switched it from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-1-2. So uh, a slightly more attacking uh, formation with the two forwards there, but at the same time a bit more defensive with the three rather than two uh uh, defensive midfield line for game five against Saudi Arabia. They went with a four-four-two, and actually that's what they used when they met Japan and Saudi Arabia uh, at the end of the campaign—a four-four-two. Uh, in between, they they went uh, back to the four-three. Sorry, the four-two-three-one, and uh, it might be good, I think, to imagine uh, Australia in that formation. There's always four at the back um with two kind of defensive midfielders, three attacking midfielders and one forward, although uh, not always the case. Um, they had one friendly after uh, that qualifying campaign. They used uh, that four two three one. Uh, and then they had two World Cup qualifying games. so they came third in the group, which basically earned them a quarter spot. So uh, they would have to do a regional playoff against United Arab Emirates. Uh, And if they won that, they would go to um, an Intercontinental playoff, which they did to Peru. And then they had to beat Peru to reach the World Cup. And we're talking about them here because they won both of those games. But the formation they did it in was a new 4-1, 4-1 formation. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see in the games leading up to the cup and in the cup itself um, if they uh, will stick with that formation or go to their, uh, what seems to be slightly preferred, 4-2-3-1 formation. Uh, but anyway, in terms of patterns, there is usually four at the back, or sorry, always four at the back. In the period we're discussing, and uh, usually one uh, at one centre forward up front, and so it's mostly the um, midfield uh, that changes. Uh, that changes. Keep in mind too that they'll be meeting stronger teams in the cup, so um, they they will probably go with a, a somewhat well, more defensive formation or defensive-minded. All right. Well, that's the uh, look at World Cup. Um, Uh, qualifying mostly uh, formations and we're going to move on to talk about the squad so we begin with the manager i'm actually just going to start by uh the manager before the current one and that was uh bert van marwick so bert van marwick actually led uh saudi arabia through world cup 2018 qualification but he was let go before the finals However, he joined uh, Australia, who had let go of their manager before the finals, too. So he joined Australia and led them through the Cup. Um, However, they uh, didn't pass the group stage of the Cup, and probably Australia wanted a bit more. So they let go uh, Bert van Marwick and took on uh, Graham Arnold, the current manager. He is an Australian. He uh, was a professional soccer player in Australia from 1980 to 2001. And he was also with the national team from 1985 to 1997 and had 56 caps and 19 goals. Uh, After his playing career ended, he was uh, a manager for a number of Australian uh, clubs. uh, But he got on as assistant or sorry, yeah, assistant manager uh, of Australia um, under Goose heeding actually, and uh, after the 2006 World Cup, when Goose Hedink left the team, he became the caretaker manager and led them through the 2007 Asian Cup. Uh, he went on, uh, went on after 2007 to continue managing teams in Australia and had a short uh stint with a team in Japan. And in uh, 2018 became the manager of not only the Australian national team, but the under-23 national team too. So uh, the Asian Cup 2019 was just six months after the World Cup, so he led them through that. And uh, that's the last tournament, major tournament, uh, Australia has been in. So this uh, World Cup will be his second tournament. So Arnold Graham, uh, current manager of Australia, uh, let's move on to goalkeepers now, and we'll begin just by naming the candidates. So we have Matt, Matthew Ryan or Matty Ryan as a definite candidate, as well as Danny Vukovic, a definite, and Andrew Redmayne as a uh, likely candidate, and uh, Lawrence Thomas as possible but unlikely. So let's go back and look at these uh, players. Um, Matthew Ryan, we consider him likely because he started uh, 15 of their 17 games since 2021. Uh, He was on the bench for one and not selected for one other. Uh, Matthew Ryan or Matty Ryan has been with the Australian national team since 2012 and has 75 caps and is 29 years old. Um, He plays for Copenhagen in Denmark uh, since 2022 and uh, Real Sociedad in Spain before that, Brighton in England for uh, several years, and he was loaned to Arsenal. Um, So uh, a good club career for him. Uh, His first tournament was the 2014 World Cup, and he was a starter uh, in that tournament and all tournaments since the 2015 Asian Cup, uh, 2017 Confederation Cup, and the Uh, 2018 World Cup and 2019 Asian Cup so a long time uh, starter for them and and continues to start most of their games. Uh, Danny Vukovic started one of their 17 games since 2021 and he was on the bench for 14 others so just two matches that he wasn't selected for and Danny Vukovic has been with Australia since 2018 Uh, just five caps in there, kind of hard to get a cap um, with Maddie Ryan as a starter, um, Vukovic is uh 37 years old, so uh, the oldest player on the squad, I believe. He's currently with Central Coast Mariners in Australia, that's uh, since this year 2022, and uh, with um, NEC Nijmegen in the Netherlands and Genk in Belgium before that, and it was mostly um uh mostly teams in australia prior to that his first tournament was the 2017 confederations cup um and he played all tournaments since the 2018 world cup and 2019 asian cup uh but in all cases matt ryan played uh, all the games so he didn't see any action in those games just on the bench Um, Moving on to Andrew Redmayne, uh, who is a likely candidate. He earned his first cap in June 2019, and he started one of their 17 games since 2021. He was also subbed in for one and on the bench for eight, but there were seven games that uh, he wasn't selected for since the beginning of 2021. Uh, So he's been on the team since 2019, but just four caps uh, in that time and is 33 years old. He plays for Sydney FC in Australia and has been with Australian teams uh, throughout his career. Andrew Redmayne, a likely candidate. Uh, Lawrence Thomas, we have as possible but unlikely. Um, He first appeared on the bench in June 2019. He didn't start any of their 17 games since 2021, but he was subbed in for one and on the bench for eight. However, he missed uh, the last seven matches uh, there. So Andrew Redman kind of stepping into the uh, third string position, it seems. Thomas Lawrence has been with the team since 2021 and has won cap, plays for uh, Western Sydney Wanderers in Australia since 2022 and uh, was with Saunders Disc in Denmark uh, prior to that. All right, so let's begin with a, a little summary of the position. And it's uh, quite easy to summarize. It's been Matty Ryan throughout. Uh, We saw a couple of games where uh, Vukovic and um, Redmayne played. Those were, um, I think they were round one or else uh, friendlies against Chinese Taipei and Nepal kind of um, uh, before the second round of qualifying. So ever since the second round of qualifying, it's only been Matty Ryan um, playing goal. All right, let us move on to talk about defenders, and we'll begin with central defenders, uh, starting with the uh, naming of the candidates here. So we have a definite candidate in Trent Sainsbury, and uh, a definite in Harry Soutar, but also he is injured, he's an injury risk, which we'll talk about um, later on. Uh, Milo Steganak is a likely candidate, Uh, as is Bailey Wright. And we have Kai Rolls as a possible candidate and Gianna uh, Stensnes uh, also as a possible candidate. And finally Ryan McGowan as a possible. Uh, Alex Wilkinson is possible but unlikely. And we have two players who seem to be off the squad in Curtis Good matthew german and yikes even one more ruan pong uh that is a lot of players to talk about uh so perhaps we won't give so much detail on the less likely players but let's begin with uh trent sainsbury so he started 12 of their 17 games since 2021 and was on the bench for three others So just two matches that he was not selected for. Trent Sainsbury has been with Australia since 2014 and has 61 caps and four goals. He's 29 years old. Uh, he's currently playing for Al-Wakra in Qatar, so playing in the country where the World Cup is going to be. That's a recent move in 2022. And uh, he's been around. He was with Kortridge, uh, Kortridge in Belgium, Maccabi Haifa in Israel, and PSV Eindhoven, um, and Jiangsu Sunning in China. So uh, really has been all over the place. He was on loan to Inter Milan in Italy in 2017. So Trent Sainsbury, um, uh, his first tournament was the 2015 Asian Cup, where he started and finished um, all the games, and has been involved in every cup since uh, as a starter. So in the 2019 uh, Asian Cup, he, um, yeah, he was also a starter. Um, except for uh, one game where he was suspended, that's what was tripping me up there. So Trent Saints were a, a definite candidate uh, for Australia. Uh, Harry Sutar is a bit of an interesting uh, an interesting story. He first appeared in June two thousand and nineteen and started eight of their seventeen games uh, since two thousand and twenty one. He was on the bench for one, but then he was injured uh, for the last eight matches, so he still is an injury risk, and uh, I think it's going to be close as to whether he uh, will make the World Cup here. Uh, The interesting thing about him is that he, as a central defender, scored six of their 45 goals in qualifying, uh, usually against weak teams, but he also scored uh, over Jordan uh, in a home win. Uh, scored against Jordan in a home win uh, and was a second top scorer. So um, uh, a central defender getting goals there. Harry Sutar was born in Scotland, but uh, has been playing with Australia since 2019, as we said. So 10 caps and six goals is his uh, record. And he's 24 years old. So he currently plays for Stoke in England um, and has been loaned out to a couple of smaller teams Uh, Fleetwood Town in England and Ross County in Scotland. He uh, grew up through the Dundee United Youth Club and that was his first club. So Harry Soutar, they'll be hoping to get back uh, in time for the cup. Next, the likely candidates are Milo Stegenek. So Milo Stegenek started seven of their 17 games since 2021 and was subbed in for two and on the bench for four. So four matches that he was not selected for. He's been with the Australian team since 2016 and has 38 caps and one goal uh, and is 28 years old. He's currently with Columbus Crew in the USA. That was a recent move uh, in 2022. And he was with Red Star Belgrade in Serbia uh, before that. That was actually his second stint. Uh, with Red Star Belgrade. He's also had two stints with Al-Hilal in Saudi Arabia. Um, His first tournament was uh, the 2017 Confederations Cup, uh, where he started. uh, He started and finished Games 1 and 2, but didn't appear in Game 3. For the 2018 World Cup, he was on the roster, but he didn't see any action. However, in the 2019 Asian Cup, he was a starter uh, there. He actually gifted a goal to uh, United Arab Emirates with a catastrophic back pass um, there uh, in the quarterfinal game. Uh, Milo Stegenek, nevertheless, a uh, likely candidate here. Um, Also likely is Bailey Wright. He started uh, the last three of their 17 games since 2021. Um, and he was on the bench for five games besides. So Bailey Wright has been with Australia actually for a long time, since 2014 and has 28 caps and two goals and he's 29 years old. So he currently plays for Sunderland in England, uh, since 2020 and was with Bristol city, uh, before that. And, um, actually several English clubs since 2009. Uh, but he was in Australia prior to that. So he was actually on the 2014 World Cup squad. Um, His selection was a bit of a shock there, um, but he didn't see any action in the tournament. And for the 2015 Asian Cup, he didn't make the final cut. Um, um, And that may have been due to a groin injury. Uh, He was injured at the time, but I wasn't clear whether... um, he just, uh, uh, whether the injury was the sole reason he wasn't selected. He was selected for the uh, 2017 Confederations Cup where he started Games 1 and 2, but wasn't selected for uh, the 2018 World Cup or the 2019 Asian Cup. He actually was on the preliminary squad for that World Cup in 2018, uh, but didn't make the Final Cup. But now he looks a likely candidate to make this Cup all right, let's move on to the possible candidates. We have three of them. Uh, Kai Rolls. Uh, Kai Rolls got his first appearance on the bench in January 2022, and he started three of the remaining seven games uh, and was on the bench for one of those games. Uh, but he, too, is an injury risk. I should move him down there. Um, uh and we'll talk about that uh, later on. Uh, he's been with Australia then since 2022 and has three caps. He's 24 years old and he plays for uh, Hearts in Scotland since 2022. The next possible candidate is Gianna Stensness. Gian, uh, Gianna Stensness, that's uh, kind of tough to say. Uh, Gianna Stensness is, uh, got his first appearance on the bench in November 2021. And he started two of their remaining nine games and was on the bench for four others. So uh, he's been with the team since 2022. That was actually his first cap. And he has two caps and is 23 years old. He played for Viking in Norway. Uh, He moved from Central Coast Mariners um, in 2021 to play in Norway. Uh, The third uh, possible candidate is Ryan McGowan. Uh, Ryan McGowan uh, returned actually after a three and a half year absence in September, 2021, to start one of their remaining 17 games. And uh, he was subbed in for one and on the bench for nine, Um, but he wasn't selected for uh, six matches, including the last three. So kind of drifting off the team towards the end uh, here. Uh, he's been uh, with the team since 2012 and has 22 caps and is 33 years old. So he was part of the World Cup squad. He actually subbed into game one uh, for an injured player and gained a starting position there. But he wasn't selected for the um, 2015 Asian Cup, uh, just uh, uh, selected for the preliminary squad. There it was a bit surprising that he wasn't uh, on the final squad. Uh, for the Confederations Cup in 2017, he uh, only appeared in Game 3 and then wasn't selected for the 2018 World Cup and 2019 Asian Cup. So kind of on and off the team uh, there, but is, uh, kind of came back in, but also seems to be uh, having fallen back out to Ryan McGowan, uh, still we consider him a possible candidate. Uh, finally, we uh, not finally... We have one candidate in the possible but unlikely uh, category, and that's Alex Wilkinson. So he too returned after a long absence. His was six years. Uh, He came back in March 2022. After six years, he didn't start any of their remaining five games, but he was on the bench for one. Uh, So briefly just in and out. So I'll keep it short with him. Uh, he was on the team national team in 2014 and 15 where he got 16 caps and he was uh, actually a starter in the world cup 2014 uh, but just um, appeared in one game in the 2015 asian cup and uh, you know wasn't called up after that until recently so he uh, is currently with sydney fc in australia and has been since 2016. so alex wilkinson Uh, possible but unlikely okay now we have uh three players who seem to be off the squad so the first one we'll talk about is curtis um good uh curtis good uh also returned from an absence and even beat out alex wilkinson in terms of uh that return he came back after seven years in june 2021 but he just started one game and was on the bench for one game so uh that was actually his only cap so uh he had been just on the bench seven years ago and uh for both the world cup 2014 and the 2015 asian cup he had made the preliminary squad um despite having no caps but uh uh wasn't able to make it on the team i think an injury played a role in uh the 2015 asian cup there matthew german uh, also seems to be off the squad he last appeared for the national team in june 2019 and uh he only has eight caps for the squad uh but he was on the uh on the roster for the 2018 world cup and the 2019 asian cup although he only uh, saw action uh, for a couple of minutes in one game over both of those tournaments. So um, made a brief comeback. um, uh, uh, Sorry, no, he didn't make a comeback. Uh, He didn't appear after June, 2019. Finally, Ruan uh, Tongyik. He got his first appearance on the bench in June, 2021 and didn't start any games, but subbed in for two. And was on the bench for two, but then drifted off the team and wasn't selected for the last thirteen matches. So, uh, possibly one for the future. He's twenty-six years old, and plays for Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, Wanderers in Australia. Oh, so we have a lot of candidates uh, there. Uh, generally, they bring five or six central defenders. So, um, you know, some of the possible candidates will will probably end up being on the final squad there. Um, but let's talk about the position and how it's uh, gone over the last little while. So um, it was Sainsbury and Sutar in the first half of World Cup qualifying. Uh, and then Den- uh, Degenek replaced Sutard. Um I think that was when Sutar got injured. Uh, Degenek replaced him. And in the last game of World Cup qualifying, uh, Stensness replaced Degenek. So Sainsbury was there the whole time uh, and just his partner changed from Sutar to Degenek to Stensness. However, things changed uh, in the friendlies following World Cup qualifying. It was uh, Rolls, Kai Rolls and, and Bailey Wright uh, in the friendly and I thought that they were just trying them out. But uh, to my surprise, that pair Went on to play the two playoff games that got them to the World Cup. So, not that sure what's going on in central defense. Uh, kind of waiting for Sutar to come back to see if Sainsbury and Sutar will renew their partnership or whether the team has moved on to Rolls and Wright. And that's the pairing that we'll see in the World Cup. So, maybe we can shed some light on that in the update podcast uh, because we will see a few games between now and uh, the time we do that podcast. So uh, possibly we'll get a glimpse of the actual pairing. Okay, well, we have much fewer players for the left back position, and uh, we'll begin by naming, naming them. So Aziz uh we consider a definite candidate, and uh, we have Craig Goodwin, uh, who's coded as a left defender, but actually has only played as a left midfielder, but uh, he's only played a couple of games, so we'll deal with him here. Uh, We have him as a possible candidate. Uh, We have Joel King also as a possible candidate, and then um, uh, two possible but unlikely in Jason Davidson and Callum Elder, and finally uh, Brad Smith, who seems to be off the team. So let's take a look at uh, these players. Uh, Aziz Behic uh, started 12 of their 17 games since 2021 and was subbed in for two and on the bench for two. So just one game that he wasn't called up for. And he's been with Australia since uh, 2012 and has 53 caps and two goals. He's 32 years old. So uh, he plays for Dundee United in Scotland, a team we saw another player with. There. He's uh, with them recently, though, since 2022, and uh, he spent um, a bit of time in Turkey with two teams in Turkey, uh, actually three teams in Turkey, because he was with Burrispor uh, from 2013 to 18. Uh, but in between those stints in Turkey, he played for PSV Eindhoven in the Netherlands, so uh, he's been around a bit. Before Burrispor though, he was with uh, teams in Australia. So his first tournament, uh, he doesn't seem like he was a consideration for the 2014 World Cup. Uh, the 2015 Asian Cup, uh, he was a starter, but he did lose his starting position there. And um, um, However, in the tournaments after that, 2017 Confederation Cup, 2018 World Cup, and 2019 Asian Cup, he was a starter in all of those. Um. Uh, in all of those tournaments, uh, he missed a penalty in uh, uh, game four shootout. So that would have been the round of 16 shootout uh, in the 2019 Asian Cup against uh, Uzbekistan. Um, not to be negative, I should try to find a positive detail. That one just jumped out at me. Uh, okay, so as it's Behich and uh, uh probably a starter the starting left back there. Uh Craig Goodwin as i mentioned has uh, only played as a left midfielder in the games he started. He returned after a more than two year absence in January 2022 uh, to start two of their remaining seven games but he was subbed in for three others. Uh, he's been with Australia since 2013, but only has 10 caps and one goal in that time and is 31 years old. He plays for Adelaide United uh, in Australia since 2022 and uh, was abroad with Sparta Rotterdam in the Netherlands from 2016 to 18. Uh, but despite being on the team for two th- uh, since 2013, uh, he has never... Um, uh participated in a tournament so the closest he's come actually was being on the preliminary roster for the 2017 confederations cup so um a player who's been in and out of the team uh, but recently is kind of on the in so uh we consider him a possible candidate joel king um um got his first cap in january 2022 and started two of their remaining seven games. uh, And he was on the bench for three others. So five out of the seven games he was called up for. And uh, those were his first two caps. So uh, he is 22 years old and um, plays for Odense in uh, Denmark since 2022. Uh, He moved over there from Sydney FC, which was his first, uh, first senior club. He was with their youth club too. Uh, Joel King, um, a possible candidate here, but perhaps uh, more for the future. He might make the bench, though. Uh, Jason Davidson uh, came in very briefly, so I'll I'll deal with this uh, quickly. But interestingly, uh, like some of the players we've seen, he returned after a a six-and-a-half-year absence uh, to start one of their three remaining games in June 2022, However, he started that game and was subbed off at halftime and replaced by um, Behic and uh, was never heard of. Uh, uh, was not selected for the for the last two games there. So Jason Davidson had been around for a while since 2012, with 23 caps and was uh, a starter in the 2014 World Cup and played in the 2015 Asian Cup, but then kind of drifted off the team for a long time. And it looks like this brief appearance uh, is as close as he'll get to the uh, uh, to the national team. But um, I might be wrong there. Uh, Callum Elder uh, seems to be off the team. He got his first cap in September 21. Didn't start any of their remaining 13 games, but was subbed in for one and on the bench for five. However, he wasn't selected for any of the last uh, seven matches. So just that one cap in 2021. Uh, for the 27-year-old, he plays in Hull, uh, uh, Hull in England since 2019, and he was with Leicester in England from 2013 to 19. So he was actually on their roster for the um, title-winning season there, but I don't think he got a medal because he was uh, on loan. He was loaned to several other uh, teams during that time. So you had to play a certain number of games to get the uh, title medal. But I think he was out on loan. Callum Elder uh, seemingly off the team um, here. And finally, Brad Smith uh, also seems to be off the team. So he started one of their 17 games uh, since 2021 and wasn't selected for any of the last 11 matches. So uh he also has uh experience with the team since 2014 with 22 caps and plays for dc united in the usa uh, but didn't uh, actually get called up to any of the tournaments uh, during that time from 2014 and uh, also just made a brief appearance uh i believe it was a qualifying game here and um uh, brad smith so uh we'd be surprised to see any of those last few candidates that i talked about let's uh finish by summarizing the position and uh left back position is mostly held by aziz Behich. he has a fairly uh firm grip on on it uh yeah um uh brad smith did replace him once in world cup qualifying and uh joel king replaced him twice um in the friendly that was the the game where uh, davidson um oh it looks like i forgot to put uh, davidson's name on the on the list there uh, davidson oh no it's on the list uh, davidson uh replaced him for the first half but then he was uh, called in to play the second half uh so and then behic in the uh in the playoff games so Again, just replaced a few times. It looks like Aziz Behic um, had that position down cold. Uh, Okay, let's move on to right backs. And uh, we have Fran uh, Karasic as a likely candidate, so no definite candidate here. Uh, We have Ryan Grant as a possible candidate and uh, Nathaniel Atkinson also as a possible candidate, and Josh Risden, or it might be Ryden, but Josh Risden as seemingly off the squad. So blessedly just four candidates to deal with here. And we'll go back to uh, Fran Karasic so he started six of their 17 games since 2021 and he was subbed in for four and on the bench for five. So just two of the 17 games where he wasn't called up and he's been with the team since uh, 2021 and has 11 caps and one goal in that time and is 25 years old. He plays for Brescia in Italy uh, and was with Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia before that uh, and spent uh, uh a couple of stints, I think, with uh, NK Lokomotiva uh, in Croatia. So he has a Croatian background, actually. He was born there and played for their under-21 team and uh, just moved over to Australia uh, in 2021. So um, he actually was a a candidate for the World Cup 2018 squad. He made the preliminary squad but uh, didn't make the final squad. Uh, uh, but actually wasn't really even a consideration for the 2019 uh, Asian Cup. Uh, but is making his way back into the team. And part of the reason uh, for that is because our next candidate, Ryan Grant, uh, seems to be uh, uh, drifting off the team. He started eight of their 17 games since 2021 and was subbed in for one and on the bench for four, but he wasn't selected for the last four matches. So uh, Ryan Grant has been with Australia since 2018 and has 21 caps and one goal, Uh, He's 30 years old and has been with Sydney FC uh, for, uh, I would say, all of his career um, uh, since 2008, uh, Ryan Grant. So um, he was uh, not selected for the 2018 World Cup, but he was for the 2019 Asian Cup, where he was subbed into game one at halftime. And then gained a starting position for the remaining uh, five games. Um, yeah, so uh, a, a possible candidate in uh, Ryan Grant, but hasn't uh, uh, may have drifted off the team. Here we'll have to check the September games to see if he's there. Uh, Nathaniel Atkinson is another possible candidate. And he got his first cap uh, recently in March 2022 and started three of their remaining four games and was on the bench for the other. So a newcomer, but uh, uh, got three caps and one goal uh, uh, already and is 23 years old. So he also plays for Hearts in Scotland. Uh, He moved there in 2022. Uh, having played for Melbourne City in Australia. So uh, making quick inroads into the team, Nathaniel Atkinson. And finally, Josh Risden seems to be off the team. He last appeared for the uh, Australian national team in November 2019. So he played with Australia from 2015 to 19 and got 14 caps in that time. He was a starter in the 2018 World Cup. Uh, and also in the 2019 uh, Asian Cup. But he uh, he lost his position after game one, was subbed out at halftime and never reappeared. So uh, really um, kind of fell off the team quite quickly after that. So those are the candidates for uh, right back. And uh, I'll tell you what's been going on in that position. So it was actually Ryan Grant Uh, In World Cup qualifying, he played the first several qualification games, but was increasingly replaced by Karasic and then in the last game by Atkinson. And um, Karasic was selected as the right back for the friendly. But again, a bit surprisingly, uh, Atkinson came in and played those two important playoff games. So hard to say who the first choice candidate is. Uh, Right now, all of them have a a bit of a bid for the position, but it looks like uh, Atkinson is kind of jumping in uh, at the end here, even though we have him just as a possible candidate. I think uh, playing those two uh, World Cup playoff games uh, uh, um, uh, maybe makes him the most likely candidate. Uh, But it's definitely up in the air for the position of right back. Okay, that brings us to the end of defenders, and we move on to talking about the midfield. So we'll begin with defensive midfielders. And we typically actually group defensive midfielders and central midfielders uh, together because they they switch positions uh, or it could be either of them. If you think of the four three uh, four, sorry four, two, three, one formation though, uh, the position is a bit more divided. Uh, a bit more separate because of uh, Australia's uh, preferred formation than it is for a lot of teams, uh, nevertheless. Uh, we'll start with um, Jackson Irvin, uh, a definite candidate there. And we have Kenny Dugal as a likely, defen- uh, sorry, a possible defensive midfielder. And uh, James Jego also possible. And Connor Metcalf, uh, also at the possible level. And finally, we have James Holland as a player who seems to be off the squad. So we'll go through those players. Uh, Jackson Irvine is the one definite candidate here. He started 13 of their 17 games uh, since 2021. And he subbed in for one and was on the bench for one. So just missed uh, two games there. And one of them was because of coronavirus and the other because uh, he was lacking fitness. So it seems a a staple in uh, Australia's midfield here. And he's been with the team Jackson Irvin since 2013 and has 49 caps and seven goals. He's 28 years old. He currently plays for St. Pauli, a kind of a smaller club in Germany since 2021. And he was with Hibernian in Scotland and Hull in England. Before that, he's actually played for several clubs uh, in Scotland and was even with the Celtic Youth Club in Scotland. But, uh, you know, he did grow up in Australia and was mostly with youth clubs in Australia. He's known for his his good heading ability. And his first tournament was the 2017 uh, Confederation Cup. He subbed into Game 2 there and played well enough to start and finish Game 3. I actually remember... Uh, him making a good impression on me, uh, a real workhorse chasing the ball uh, tirelessly uh, as they lost to Germany's B team um, um, there. Actually, I think it was against Cam- Cameroon where he impressed me, but I'll move on. He was a sub for the 2018 World Cup uh, and also for the 2019 Asian Cup, but he did game. A starting position after game one uh, for the 2019 Asian Cup there, and uh, since then has seen to secure a starting position for himself. So um, he looks like a definite candidate and also a, a definite starter. Uh, Jackson Irvine, defensive midfielder. Uh, Kenny Dugal is a possible candidate. He started two, sorry, three of their 17 games since 2021. He was subbed in for two and on the bench for seven. So he's usually called up. Uh, However, he wasn't called up uh, for five matches, including the last one. Uh, He's been with Australia since 2021 then, and has five caps, uh, is 28 years old. And he plays for Blackpool in England, Uh, since 2020 and was with Barnsley before that and Sparta Rotterdam in Netherlands from 2015 to 18. So Kenny Dugal a possible candidate he hasn't uh, uh, been involved in any tournaments James Jago has uh, started three of their 17 games since 2021 he was subbed in for seven but not selected for seven including the last three matches so uh, some big changes made uh, in those last three matches the friendly and the two uh, uh, playoff games uh, and James Diego seems to be one of the victims of those changes. He's been with Australia since 2018 and has 15 caps and no goals. He's 29 years old. He plays for Eupen in Belgium since 2022 and was with Aris Thessalonica in Greece before that and a couple of clubs in Austria, Austria-Vienna and Sturmgrass, um, uh in Austria uh that's where he moved to from uh, Adelaide City um, in 2016. So uh, he was um, on the preliminary squad for the 2017 Confederation Cup, but he didn't make uh, the final cut. However, he was brought in, uh, brought back to replace the injured captain, uh, Mile Jedinak. Uh, Nevertheless, he didn't see any action, so didn't receive a cap that year. His first cap was in 2018. However, he wasn't selected for the 2018 World Cup. He was for the 2019 Asian Cup, uh, but he was on the roster and saw uh, no action. Actually, there too, he replaced one of their major players, uh, Aaron Moy, so he wasn't initially selected selected but brought back in so he seems to be constantly on the fringes uh james jago and uh, is in this case having missed the last three matches too okay Connor metcalf uh got his first cap in june 2022 so he started two uh he started two of their games and uh Subbed in for one. I think I have a mistake there. Maybe it was in June 2021 that he uh, uh, got his first cap. Anyway, uh, started two of their 16 games, remaining 16 games. Uh, subbed in for one and was on the bench for three, but not selected for 10 matches, including the last three matches. So like James Diego, they're not involved in the uh, recent matches. Uh, he also plays for St. Pauli in Germany. Uh, He moved there in 2022 from Melbourne City. And uh, he has uh, been with Australia since 2021 and has three caps and is 23 years old. So sorry, I got the uh, order of the biography wrong there. But Conor Metcalf, uh, again, a possible candidate, but a bit worrying, uh, like James Jago, to have missed those important playoff games uh, in June. Finally, we have James Holland, who uh, seems to be off the team, yet another player that returned after a long absence. So he returned after uh, a more than six and a half year absence in June 2021 uh, to start one of their remaining 17 games. And he was subbed in for one also and on the bench for one. However, uh, he then disappeared from the squad and uh, uh, was not called up for the last 13 matches. So... Uh, quite doubtful. Uh, James Holland is uh, 33 years old and has been with Australia since 2008, uh, uh, surprisingly long time, uh, but has only 17 caps in that time and has never... uh, No, I was going to say he's never made it to a tournament, but actually he was on the 2014 World Cup squad, but uh, didn't see any action uh, in that tournament otherwise he wasn't called up uh, for a tournament he's still playing though uh, for Austria Vienna uh, since 2022 but I won't give more on his biography there and he seems to quite clearly uh, not really be a candidate here so um, uh, let us review the defensive midfielders uh, no actually I'm going to wait until we have done the uh central midfielders here and um let's take a look at those we we don't have so many just three here so right uh well i'll start with aaron moy uh one of their bigger names uh who we have as a likely not definite candidate we'll tell you why shortly and we have riley mcgree also as a likely candidate and uh finally mustafa um, um, uh, amini Uh, as a player who seems to be off the squad okay so no definite candidates uh for central midfield and i'm getting a bit messed up in my uh youtube graphics here um but i think i got it now So Aaron Moy uh, started only six of their 17 games since 2021. Uh, he was subbed in for three and not selected for eight matches. I didn't see uh, any sign of an injury there, um, just not selected for eight matches. Uh, Aaron Moy has been with the Australian team since 2012 and is a veteran with uh, 53 caps and seven goals. Uh and he's 32 years old. He plays for Celtic in Scotland since 2022, but was in China uh, with Shanghai uh, SIPG before that. And uh, uh, people who know him will probably know him from his uh, his uh, English clubs. He played with Brighton and Huddersfield uh, in England and was actually on the squad for Manchester City uh, from 2016 to uh, 17. Uh, there, He moved over from Australia to uh, Manchester City but was with Bolton Youth Club uh, in England and that was his first senior club actually. Uh, he was on the squad for the 2017 uh, Confederations Cup so despite uh, his first cap being in 2012 uh, he didn't get on any of the squads. He made the preliminary squad for the 20, tw- 2011 Asian Cup and for the 2015 asian cup but didn't make the final cut in both cases however uh for the 2018 world cup he was a starter so he started and finished uh uh, all the games there but for the 2019 asian cup as we saw he was uh injured before the tournament and replaced by james jago um so yeah has kind of uh doesn't have a long tournament history uh actually and um is only a likely candidate here, having started just six of their 17 games. Uh, Riley McGree uh, returned another player who returned after an absence. He returned after a four-year absence in June 2021 to start uh, three of their remaining 17 games. And he was subbed in for six uh, and on the bench for four. So just four matches that he wasn't selected for, which is why we have him... um, Uh, As a likely candidate, though, probably not a starter. Uh, Riley McGree has been with um, Australia since um, 2021. So I'm guessing that uh, four years ago, uh, he only had an appearance on the bench uh, because his first cap seems to have been in 2021. And he has 11 caps and one goal and is 23 years old. So he plays for Middlesbrough in England since 2022 and was with Charlotte FC in the USA uh, from 2020 to 2022 and with Club Bruges in Belgium also. Uh, so he's never been called up for uh, a tournament, um, but he was on the preliminary squad for the 2017 uh, Confederation Cup. Um yeah, so uh, despite being quite young, uh, 24 years old, uh, he's he's been around for quite a while, even though he just got his first cap uh, last year. A bit of an interesting case there. Finally, we have Mustafa Amini, and he last appeared for the national team in October 2019, so we won't go into too much detail uh, on him. He only has eight caps for the national team, but he was on the squad for the 2019 Asian Cup, Uh, um, but he didn't see any action he was actually on the preliminary squad for the 2015 Asian Cup so has been around for a while but uh, hasn't really found a spot on the team okay so those are the uh, central midfielders and now we'll go back and kind of summarize the position in central midfield so uh, if you recall uh, their favorite formation generally a 4-2-3-1 so uh, usually two central midfielders and it has been Irving uh, Jackson Irvine sorry and uh, attacking midfielder Frostick uh, uh, in the early games of world cup qualification and then uh, Moy increasingly replaced Frostick as a kind of more defensive midfielder. And uh, Jago also came in when they switched to a three-man formation in in the defensive midfield. Um, Unexpectedly, um, Metcalf and and central defender Stensness were inserted into the second-last World Cup qualifying game against Japan, and then they changed things up for the last game against Saudi Arabia, too, where attacking midfielder Genro, who we'll meet later, was used alongside uh, Jago. So uh, things getting quite confusing in the last uh, uh, in the last um, games of World Cup qualifying, and it didn't get much better uh, after that. Uh, Aaron Moy and uh, Dugal, Kenny Dugal, uh, played in the friendly. And in the two games, uh, the two playoff games, they went with a 4-1-4-1 formation. So uh, Aaron Moy played the stopper in both of those games. So, you know, at the beginning, it was fairly steady with Jackson Irvine and uh, Hrostic, but things kind of uh, changed increasingly. And now I'm not really sure where we stand, uh, although I do think Jackson Irvine uh, is the most likely candidate in that position. And uh, Aaron Moy, I'm not really sure where he stands with the squad. I'm surprised he uh, really has only six starts. Uh, so maybe the games in September will shed some light on that. Anyway, that's defensive and center, central midfielders. So let's move on to left midfield, where we only have one candidate uh, in Christopher uh, Iconomedes. And that candidate, Christopher Iconomedes, uh, sorry, is a possible but unlikely candidate. Um again, if you think about the preferred formation, the uh four, two, three, one or even the four one four one, uh there's not really a left midfielder in that position. So it'll it'll be defensive midfielders and then, you know, uh, probably attacking midfielders. So um, that that leaves uh, uh, uh somewhat out of the picture unless he changes position. Anyway, he didn't start any of their 17 games since 2021, uh, but he was subbed in for four games mm-hmm. and on the bench for two games. Uh, he wasn't selected for the last nine matches, though, so uh, seems to be... Uh, drifting off the team. So I won't go into great detail. He's been with uh, Australia since 2015, only has 16 caps and two goals, and uh, didn't make a tournament uh, until the 2019 Asian Cup, where he was a substitute in game one, but gained a starting position. Uh, However, he's drifted off the team since uh, Chris Iconomidis. The only uh, player... uh, Uh, coded as a left midfielder so again um, in summary of this position uh, only when they have had a three-man midfield line uh, has this position come into play and when it has come into play it's been central midfielders who have covered the position and the same is true on the right side where there are actually no candidates um, uh, coded as right midfielders and so again, it would be central midfielders in the rare case that they use it. So we move quickly uh, on to left wingers and uh, we have uh, Matthew Lecky as a likely candidate and uh, Ben Polami as a possible but unlikely candidate uh, and also uh, Nikita uh, Rukavitska, R- Rukavitsya, Uh, as a possible but unlikely candidate. And Robbie Cruz as uh, seemingly off the squad. So a familiar name there in Robbie Cruz. Let's see what has become of him. But first we go back to Matthew Leckie. Uh, Matthew Leckie started eight of their 17 games since 2021, and he was on the bench for one and injured for one, but not selected for seven matches. So uh, we can't put him as a definite candidate because of that. He's been with Australia since 2012 and has 73 caps and 13 goals. So one of their most experienced players. Uh, 31-year-old Matthew Leckie. Um, He's recently moved back to Melbourne City uh, in Australia, moved back to Australia, but was with several German clubs before that, including Hertha Berlin and Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, who he started with in 2011 uh, when he moved over from Australia. Um, He was part of the 2014 World Cup squad, a starter uh there and uh has been in every tournament uh as a starter uh since then so um 2018 world cup he was a starter and sorry i made a mistake he was not a starter for the 2019 asian cup uh he was just subbed into games 4 and 5 there And uh, he seems to have been unavailable before that. I believe it was due to an injury. Uh, But uh, I kind of threw someone under the bus earlier for missing a penalty in the game four shootout against Uzbekistan. And now I'm going to praise Matthew Leckie for scoring the winning penalty in that shootout that got them to the quarterfinals. He also scored four of the goals in qualifying uh, including a brace in their first game against Kuwait uh, there. <clears throat> so, Matthew Leckie, um, uh, not really a winger position, but uh, for, for Australia more as a left-attacking midfielder. We'll talk a bit more about that when we summarize this position. Uh, ben Folami, um, just a brief mention, Um here he got his first cap in March 22 and didn't start any games but was subbed in for one and on the bench but then not selected for the last three matches. So uh, he's quite young at 23 years old. We may see him in the future but uh, not a likely candidate here. Uh, Nikita Rukavitska. Oh, <laughs> I am so sorry, uh, Mr. Nikita, uh, but I'm gonna call you Nikita because that that name i'm just making a fool of myself here um started didn't start any of their 17 games but was subbed in for three um he was injured for two and they're not selected for the last five matches so we won't go into much detail but a a bit of an interesting character here uh he's been with the team since 2019 and has 21 caps and one goal uh, but is uh, 35 years old now um never actually made it onto a squad uh after the 2010 world cup where he was a substitute um but made a couple of preliminary squads uh since then for the 2011 and 15 asian cups uh there also for the 2018 world cup he was on the preliminary squad but uh nikita Okay, I'll give it one more try. Uh, Rukavica. Rukavica. um, Always kind of on the fringes of the squad and not a a likely candidate here, but a a possible candidate. uh, An outside possibility, we'll say. Uh, Robbie Cruz uh, last appeared for the national team in the 2019 Asian Cup. So uh, a veteran with the team since 2011. Uh, with 75 caps and five goals. He's currently on a tab, so maybe moving into retirement because he is uh, 34 years old. But uh, he was with Melbourne Victory from 2019 to 2022. We won't go into his history much, but he was with some bigger clubs in Germany and um, dates back to tournament-wise, the 2011 Asian Cup, where he was a sub Um He seemed a definite selection for the 2014 World Cup, but was injured, uh, but was a starter in all tournaments before that. Oh, sorry, after that. So uh, a bit of a loss there for uh, Australia losing veteran uh, Robbie Cruz um, to age, we'd we'd have to say. So let's summarize the left winger uh, position, or we've kind of done it on the left winger, but in fact, Uh, The position is usually a left attacking midfielder uh, and sometimes a left winger. So it's actually um, the attacking midfielder uh, Mabil, um, uh, our Mabil, who uh, plays in this position. So we'll uh, cover his information when we get to attacking midfielders. Uh, Mabil played it for half of the World Cup qualifying uh, but uh, Lackey did replace him for four games in the middle of those World Cup qualifying games. And uh, since then, it's kind of been uh, up in the air. So over the last three games, the friendly and the two playoff games against United Arab Emirates and Peru, uh, it's been our mobile in the first one. Uh, Goodwin, who we met as a left defender, um, uh, we met him as a left back, Craig Goodwin and uh, Matthew Lackey in the last in the last of those three games. So uh, hard to say, kind of who's in that position. But I, I guess we'd have to say Mabil and Lackey uh, are kind of uh, equal candidates there um, to to maybe be the starter, depending on the formation they use, of course. Okay, let us move on to uh, right-winger. So really the same situation on the right side where it's usually a right attacking midfielder, but there's a much more uh, kind of steady candidate here in Martin Boyle, who we consider a definite candidate. And we also have Marco Tilio as a likely candidate, and we have Brandon Borello as a possible candidate. And finally, Daniel Arzani, as possible but unlikely so let's go back to martin boyle he's actually uh uh, fairly new to the squad he uh, started 14 of their 17 games since 2021 and he was on the bench for one so just two matches that he wasn't called up for in this period and martin boyle uh, has been with australia actually since 2018 uh, but wasn't a presence until this recent period. He has 19 caps and five goals and is 28 years old. So uh, kind of a latecomer to the team to begin with. He was born in Scotland and played for the Scotland under-16 team and is currently playing in Scotland with Hibs uh, Hibernian in Scotland since 2022. Uh, and that's his second stint with that team. He played for uh, Al Sally briefly. Uh, in Saudi Arabia but he also played for uh, Dundee in Scotland and a couple of other teams too so uh, the first tournament he was uh, eligible uh, uh, eligible for I mean after his first cap was the 2019 Asian Cup and he was selected for the squad uh, but he was uh, injured before the tournament and replaced by uh, Apostolis Giannu uh, there so this would be his first tournament if he makes it and he, he is a definite candidate to make it and probably even as a starter as the right attacking midfielder. Let's look at the like uh, a likely candidate in Marco Til- Tilio. So he got his first cap in January 2022 but didn't start any of their remaining seven games there. Uh, however, he did sub in for four and was on the bench for all three others. So consistently called up since uh, his first cap there. And he is uh, 21 years old and he plays for Melbourne City in Australia and was with Sydney FC before that and with their youth club. So Marco Tilio, uh, probably not a starter, but uh, uh, we think likely to make the squad. Uh, A possible candidate is Brandon Borrello. He earned his first cap in June 2019 and started one, uh, the second of their 17 games since 2021. He was on the bench for three and uh, struggling with coronavirus and injury uh, for six games over that period. Uh, But yet another of uh, those players who was on the squad, except for the last three matches. So uh, the manager making some big changes it seems going into the uh, june games um brandon borello has been with australia since 2019 but only has four caps in that time and is 27 years old uh, he plays for western sydney wanderers but actually uh, moved there recently from dynamo dresden in germany where he was before that uh, brandon borello then a possible candidate Finally, we have uh, Daniel Arz- Arzani. Uh, and Daniel Arzani didn't start any of their 17 games since 2021, but he was on the bench for three and uh, and was also with the under-23 team uh, for a few of those games. But uh, he wasn't selected for the last 10 matches. So he's just 23 years old. So maybe someone we'll see in the future. Uh, he... Uh, He has six caps and one goal. All of those were in 2018. And he plays for MacArthur FC in Australia. Having been with Manchester City uh, in England from 2018 to 22, he didn't uh, play any games for Manchester City. Uh, Rather, he was loaned out to Lommel in Belgium and AGF in Denmark um, and uh, other teams uh, too including celtic in scotland so daniel orzani uh perhaps one to keep an eye on for the future Uh, his only tournament was the 2018 world cup where he was a substitute but he was subbed into uh, uh, all three games there however he didn't make the 2019 asian cup Um, actually that was due to an injury so uh, it looked like he was kind of uh, in the team in 2018 and 19 and and has drifted off the team. Um, so we'll see if he makes a comeback again, 23 years old. So uh, has a few years to do so. So let's uh, look at the position of right winger uh, or we've done it on the right winger, but as with the left side, it's really uh, usually a right attacking midfield or a right winger position depending on the formation Uh, But it's almost always Martin Boyle who plays it, whether it is an attacking midfielder or winger role. Uh, Central midfielder McGree played it once. And then um, in the the friendly, Our Mobile switched sides to play it. uh, But Boyle returned to the position for the two important playoff games. And... um, And... There was one game where it was actually a a 4-3-1-2 formation, two attackers, so he has played the position of a right forward as well, so kind of dominating that quarter of the field uh, for Australia right now, Martin Boyle. All right, moving on to forwards. We include uh, attacking midfielders uh, among the forwards in our discussion, so let's begin with them. We have uh, Ajdin Hrostic. As a definite candidate, and our uh, mobile uh, as uh, also a definite candidate, and uh, Dennis Jean Roux as a likely candidate, uh, Tom Rodzic as just a possible candidate here, and Dimitri uh, Petretos as a player who seems to be off the squad. So Let's go back and uh, look at those players, Uh, beginning with um, Hrustic, Ajdin Hrustic. So he uh, returned in 2019 after a more than two-year absence and went on to start 13 of their 17 games since 2021 and was subbed in for three besides. So just uh, one match that he wasn't selected for there. And um, he has been with Australia since 2017, uh, but only has 20 caps and three goals. So, not many uh, caps before this period for the 25 year old. And he plays for Hellas Verona in Italy since 2022 and was with Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany before that and Groningen in the Netherlands from 2016 uh, to 20. So, he was actually with the uh, Groningen uh, Youth Club and was with uh, youth clubs in several countries in England, Germany, and Austria. Too, but he was with youth clubs in uh, Australia until um, uh, 2010 so he moved over it seems to uh, Nottingham Forest Youth Club when he was 14 years old. Uh, he really hasn't been involved in many tournaments so the Confederations Cup in 2017 he was um, a bit of a surprise selection for that squad. Uh, he was on the roster but didn't see any action and he um, was not called up even to the preliminary squads for the 2018 world cup and the 2019 asian cup but uh, in the period we're talking about he seems to have made good inroads into the team uh, got three of their goals in qualifying uh, actually uh, including a late winning goal in that first regional playoff the first playoff game against united arab emirates he got that goal at uh, 84 minutes so saw them through to the uh, intercontinental playoff uh aged in a definite candidate as is our mobile so we've seen our uh, mobile playing mostly on the left side as a left attacking midfielder or left winger but he actually uh, does switch sides from time to time and played as a right winger in the Friendly before the two playoff games. He started eight of their 17 games since 2021, but he was also subbed in for six games. So um, just three games that he wasn't called up for. So he's been with Australia since 2018 and has 29 caps and eight goals in that time. He's uh, 27 years old and plays for Cadiz in Spain since 2022. And was with uh, Midtjylland in Denmark for a long time, from 2015 to 2022. Uh, he was loaned out to a couple of clubs, actually, in uh, Turkey and Portugal. Uh, he also hasn't played in many tournaments. He was um, uh, not selected for uh, the World Cup in 2018, but he was selected for the Asian Cup in 2019, where he started, uh, where he was a starter. So uh, he actually um, took a beautiful shot, one of the shots of the tournament in 3-2-1 uh, over uh, Syria in that tournament and has, uh, you know, since uh, established himself in the squad. So we consider him a definite candidate. Uh, likely candidate uh, is Denis jean Rowe. So he uh, only started two of their games uh, since 2021. Uh, and was subbed in for one but he was on the bench for seven games uh, as well so we consider him uh, likely Uh, he's been with the team since 2021 and has four caps and is 23 years old and he plays for Toulouse in France since 2021 Uh, he was in Australia before that with MacArthur um, and Melbourne uh, uh, Melbourne City he was actually born in France um, but plays for Australia, of course. So uh, Denis jean um a bit more French pronunciation there, um, a likely candidate. Uh, and then somewhat surprisingly, Tom Rodrick, uh, only as a possible candidate, he started six of their 17 games uh, since 2021, uh, and he was injured for two, but not selected for 11 matches, including the last five. So uh, kind of drifted off the squad towards the end there. Uh, he's been with Australia since 2012. So he's one of their veterans with 53 caps and nine goals. And he's currently 30 years old and playing for West Brom in England, West Brom and uh, since 2022. He was with Celtic uh, for a long time before that, from 2013 to 2022. And prior to moving to Celtic, he was in Australia. So he was a starter in the 2017 uh, Confederations Cup. So uh, despite being on the team since 2012, uh, injury prevented him from playing in the World Cup uh, in 2014 and the 2015 Asian Cup. So that Confederation Cup in 2017, his first tournament. He was also a starter in the 2018 World Cup. And... um, Uh, In the 2019 uh, Asian Cup, he started and finished all games except for uh, game five where he was suspended um, there. So he actually got a late winning goal uh, in that game um, uh, in injury time uh, in a 3-2 win over Syria. But uh, he got uh, two yellow cards in games two and four. So he was suspended for uh, that quarterfinal loss to... Uh, the host, United Arab Emirates. Uh, so uh, a bit surprising there, Tom Roderick, uh, just a uh, possible candidate. And finally, we look at uh, Dimitri Petratos. And uh, he last appeared for the national team in October 2019. So he's been off of the team uh, for a while. And I won't go into great detail uh, on him. He was uh, on the roster for the 2018 World Cup but he didn't see any action in that tournament and uh, wasn't selected for the 2019 Asian Cup. So um, has never really uh, made it onto the team. Let's summarize the attacking midfielder position. So we actually had Tom Rodjick as the uh, central attacking midfielder uh, when the formation called for it. Uh, But as we saw, he kind of didn't... uh, uh, get called up for the last few games there uh we saw McGree in the position in the friendly and uh it's hard to say the position kind of did and kind of didn't exist in the 4-1-4-1 uh but anyway wasn't played by um um actually uh Aiden Hrostic I I think I've been pronouncing his name wrong uh Aiden Hrostic did play in that uh uh, kind of central attacking role in the 4 1 4 1 formation. Uh, but really, Aiden Hrustick kind of plays all over the field, uh, sometimes as far back as a defensive midfielder, and sometimes as far forward as a uh, forward, um, especially when there's uh, two forwards. So, uh, a bit of a mercurial player is Aiden Hrustick, um, um. As we saw, Our Mabil, though, um, an attacking midfielder, uh, plays mostly on the left side. Uh, Okay, well, let's move on to the actual centre-forwards. We don't have any secondary strikers uh, uh, or players designated as secondary strikers, so we move on to forwards, where we have a definite candidate in Mitchell Duke and a likely candidate in Jamie McLaren. And uh, possible candidates in Adam Taggart and Nicholas D'Agostino and Bruno uh, Fornilo, uh, sorry Fornaroli, although Bruno For- 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 Fornaroli is a uh, injury risk. Uh, and possible but unlikely is um, Andrew Naboot And uh, off the team, it seems, is um, Tommy Juric. So let's uh, take a closer look at those players, beginning with uh, Mitchell Duke. Uh, Mitchell Duke returned after a five-and-a-half-year absence uh, in the first game following the 2019 Asian Cup, uh, and he started five of their 17 games uh, since 2021, and he was subbed in for nine games. So uh, on the bench for one, not selected for two matches. So that's why we have him as a definite candidate, not necessarily a starter uh, but someone who's uh, consistently called up. Uh, Mitchell Duke has been with Australia since 2013, but only has four caps uh, in that time, two goals. So he's making the best of his caps uh, and he's 31 years old. He uh, actually plays for uh, Fagiano Okayama in Japan since 2021. He's kind of been... um. um uh, all over the place uh, with Al Tawoon in Saudi Arabia and with um, uh, Western Sydney Wonders in Australia and with Shimuzu S Pulse also uh, in Japan. Uh, so, yeah, maybe not as much all over the place as I thought. Uh, in terms of tournaments, he was. Um, Uh, on the team around the time of the 2014 World Cup, but he wasn't selected for that, and uh, wasn't selected for any other tournament after that. uh, As we saw, was absent from the team for five and a half years. But uh, he came roaring back with five of their 45 goals in qualifying, and um, um, I'm not sure if that made him the... The top scorer i i don't have a note here but anyway uh, one of the top scorers in qualifying and one of the consistent call-ups uh jamie mclaren uh, is a likely candidate he started just four of their 17 games since 2021 but he was subbed in for six and on the bench for two so uh, five games he wasn't called up for. Jamie McLaren has been on the team since 2016 and has 26 caps and eight goals and is 29 years old now. He plays. Uh, he came back to Australia to play for Melbourne City in 2019 but was abroad uh, with Darmstadt in Germany before that and he was loaned out to Hibernian uh, in Scotland. And... Um, He also played for uh, Blackburn uh, Youth Club in England, so um, was abroad at a young age there. Uh, In terms of tournaments, his first one was the 2017 uh, Confederations Cup. Uh, He only appeared in Game 3 as a substitute there and was also not really involved in the 2018 World Cup, although he was on the roster. He didn't see any action. However, he was a starter in the 2019 Asian Cup, uh, starting all five games there and um, uh, didn't score any goals but uh, did have a goal disallowed against Jordan there. Uh, he actually got seven of their 45 goals and he's the top scorer so um, for the team. So um, uh, Mitchell Duke just a little bit behind him there. However, we only have him as a likely candidate because uh, four four starts in uh, 17 games. Uh, the player who started uh, at the beginning of qualifying was Adam Taggart, uh, but he also only started four of their 17 games there. He was subbed in for one besides. He was injured for six games. Uh, And there's another of those players who was not selected for the last three matches. So I'm not really sure what this means going forward. We'll have to see how many of those players return uh, in their September games. Um, he's been, uh, Adam Taggart has been with Australia since 2012, but only has 17 caps in that period. Uh, however, six goals in that 17 caps is a pretty good return rate, and he's uh, 29 years old. He plays for Cerezo Osaka in Japan, and he was with uh, Suon Samsung Blue Wings in South Korea, uh, prior to that, and um. Excuse me, I had to cough there. Uh, he was also in England with Fulham from 2014 to 16. His first tournament was the 2014 World Cup, uh, where he was subbed into game three, uh, sorry, into game two, and went on to start game three. He was basically replacing uh, the suspended uh, Tim Cahill uh, in game three there, but uh, he didn't make the uh, uh, any of the squads after that made the preliminary squad for the 2015 uh, Asian Cup, but then basically disappeared from the uh, from the squad um, and uh, played no tournaments since then. However, he did, uh, as we'll see, he kind of did start uh, the first half of their World Cup qualifying games as the forward, but seems to have drifted off the team since. Uh, next possible candidate is Nicolas D'Agostino, so he got his first cap in March, 2022 and started one of their remaining four games. Uh, he was subbed in for one and on the bench for one and then uh, not selected for the other of those games. So three out of the last four games, uh, always a bit hard to tell uh, when a player comes in right at the end here. So he he got um, his first cap at the age of uh, 31 years old. Uh, there and just has those two caps uh, since. So a bit difficult to say whether he'll be selected. He plays for Melbourne Victory in Australia. Uh, Possible candidate Bruno uh, Fornaroli uh, uh, got his first cap in March 2022 uh, also and started one of their remaining five games uh, and was subbed in for one, but he was injured for the last three matches. so. Uh, hard to say where that leaves him. So two caps since 2022. And uh, he is even older than D'Agostino at 35 years old, uh, playing for Perth Glory in Australia. So to be honest, I'd be surprised if either of those players made it. But it's a bit difficult when players are called in at the end uh, to know what their status with the team is. Um, We have a possible but unlikely candidate in uh, Andrew Naboot. So he returned, uh, like so many we've seen, after an absence. Uh, He was absent for three years and returned in November 21 and didn't start any of the remaining nine games. Um, He just, um, uh, I think he was on the bench. Anyway, he wasn't selected for for the last eight matches, so it looks like he just kind of popped up uh, for one game there and then disappeared. But he has been with the team, uh, since 2018 with 10 caps and two goals and was on the squad for the, uh, 2018 world cup and actually even started games one and two there, uh, before he got an arm injury, which ended his tournament. Uh, in the 2019 Asian cup, he appeared, uh, just in one game, uh, as a substitute. And uh, again, seems to have been struggling with injury there. So a bit of an unlucky uh, go for Andrew Naboot, and now uh, doesn't seem to be on the team. So uh, he plays for Melbourne City in Australia, but we have him as uh, possible, but unlikely. And finally, we have uh, Tommy Jurich. So um, he last appeared for the national team in November 2018. So um, has been off the team. For quite a while, i got to say, I'm not even sure <laughs> why I put him on this list. So uh, he doesn't seem a candidate at all. Although he is only uh, 31 years old, he's playing uh, club soccer still with Melbourne Victory in Australia. Um, but we won't go into further detail on him because he's been off the team for so long. So let's take a look at the uh, centre forwards. Uh, Here, and you'll see, yeah, a bit of a lacking uh, uh, here. Let me summarize the position. Certainly no outstanding center forwards there. It was um, Adam Taggart in the first half of World Cup qualifying, uh, and he, uh, especially when it was a sole forward, when there was just one forward, um, Mitchell Duke replaced him uh, for one of those games in the middle of World Cup qualifying campaign. Uh, the last round that is and uh, jamie mclaren replaced uh, taggart for three of those games so uh, they moved to two forwards uh, in the last two games of world cup qualifying and it was actually uh, aiden rustic playing twice uh, with um, mitchell duke once and Marillo uh, alongside the other time and in the friendly it was d'agostino as the sole forward And in the uh, playoff games, uh, first Matthew Leckie and then Mitchell Duke. So it seems like Mitchell Duke is the most common common starter, but he did only start five of their 17 games. So really, this seems an undecided position. And um, even though uh, some of these players, as we'll see shortly, have a fairly good uh, goal scoring percentage, uh, you know, none of them have really... um, uh, prove themselves as, as a starting centre forward, uh, putting the ball uh, in the net a lot. And that's a bit of a problem for Australia uh, is, uh, is who, who gets the goals. So uh, some some candidates here, but no kind of clear goal scorer uh, for them. And that actually brings us to the end of the player-by-player player discussion. So we're going to move on to uh, talk about uh, the squad as a whole a little bit. Um, So let's begin with some of the questions I started at the beginning. Uh, The question was, uh, has the move to the uh, Asian Federation uh, been a benefit for Australia and for the Federation? Well, there was resistance uh, in the Asian Federation about Australia joining. In fact, it's kind of an interesting history that I won't go into but um one of the concerns was that australia would be too strong and dominate the region and the other concern is that it would open the door uh, asia already being a pretty big region from uh, you know all the way from the middle east to the uh, far east in japan uh, and then adding australia might open the door to Uh, all sorts of Oceania teams wanting to join. Uh, That hasn't happened. In fact, neither of the fears have come true. Um, uh, Australia looked like they would dominate when they joined in 2007, having passed the group stage of the 2006 World Cup. Uh, But that brings us on to our next point, because... The question was, is Australia getting stronger or weaker? And the trend has been that they've generally been getting weaker. So that 2006 World Cup was a real peak for them. And um, uh, they have been reaching the World Cup, but in the last two two World Cups, it's through playoffs. Uh, So that makes them at least uh, the fifth team, or at best the fifth team in Asia, in both of the last uh, two World Cup, qualification runs. In terms of the Asian Cup, they did win it as host in 2015, uh, but they didn't win it in 2011. And in 2019, only reached the quarterfinals. So they're certainly not dominating the region uh, either in the Asian Cup or in the um, uh, World Cup qualification. Uh, And finally, we talked about what's the quality of their players judging by club affiliation. Well, we will come back to that because it's, uh, it could be argued uh, for hours. Uh, but I generally feel that there's a bit of a lack of star power. If we look at that 2016 team, they had, uh, you know, players with, um, I wouldn't say the top clubs in Europe, but, uh, you know, some of the stronger Premier League clubs. And, uh, you know, since then, actually, as a Canadian, I'm well aware that, you um, Canada didn't have much star power for most of its history. Uh, Some of the players, we were were happy if they got onto European teams, uh, even though we didn't really know the names uh, of those European teams. They were some pretty small teams in Hungary or or the Czech Republic, uh, something like that. Well, Australia is doing a bit better than that, as we'll see when we look at club affiliations. And yet they do seem to kind of lack, uh, star power perhaps their goalkeeper maddie ryan um and aaron moy are their two biggest names but um they're not kind of uh, world powers so while canada seems to be in a in a good period in terms of star power australia seems to be moving in the other direction okay we'll move on to a couple of more points uh formation Seems to depend on player availability. I mean, we do see that uh, they have a kind of a more attacking formation when they play weaker teams and a more defensive formation when they play teams like Japan and Saudi Arabia there in World Cup qualifying. Uh, but uh, what I noticed in going through it is uh, sometimes it seems to come down to who's available. They've had a lot of injuries. Um, And they've had a lot of players kind of coming in and out of the team. So um, uh, my feeling is that sometimes the formation is is decided by the the players that are available, which I'm sure is true to some degree on every team. But for me, it suggests that Australia doesn't have um, a really strong bench where they can slot players into position. Rather, they tend to rotate the positions around the players they have. Finally, uh, uh, a point is players coming, coming and going, and coming back to the team. So during the player by player discussion, we saw a lot of players coming in from the cold, uh, coming back from absences, sometimes as as much as five or six years uh, since they played for the team, coming back into action. Uh, we've also seen a number of team, a number of players that seem to be. Uh, Fairly inserted into the squad, uh, but in the last half of the period we've examined, and particularly in the last three games, um, and that would be a a friendly uh, and then two important playoff games, won the regional playoff against united arab emirates to uh, graduate from the asian region and the second uh, an intercontinental playoff against peru to make it to the final squad so a bit of a surprising time to be uh, to be dropping regulars from the team uh, but it was done nevertheless and perhaps wisely because they did make it through those playoffs but um uh, some of the players who have Uh, dropped off the squad are Tim Rodjick, Ryan Grant, James Jago, and uh, a couple of smaller names. And some of the players that have uh, come in from long absences, and some of them doing quite well actually, Uh, Aidan Frostick, uh, Craig Craig Goodwin, uh, Riley McGee, um, sorry, they're not the biggest names, I should mention, Mitchell Duke as one of the higher profile players. Uh, kind of coming in from a long absence. Uh, um, so uh, they do have a few injuries which may may have played a part. but um, in general, all of this uh, to me seems makes it feel like they need a bit of a bigger base of players uh, to choose from. Um, That would take a long time perhaps to explain that thought, but uh, what it leads to is my suspicion that uh, in September, they'll kind of continue the search. And uh, I I kind of think they'll be either bringing players back or bringing new players in, uh, in a few positions in September. And uh, I worry that that's a bit late, uh, you know, to be kind of um, interviewing uh, new candidates, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not. Um, uh, I'm not um, posing as an expert on the Australian team here. Uh, okay, let's take a look at uh, club affiliations. I did kind of mention a lack of star power, but actually, uh, uh, and I did mention Canada too. In comparison to Canada, they've always done uh, better in terms of their club affiliations. So they don't have any uh, kind of outstanding clubs, Matthew Ryan recently moved from Real Sociedad to Copenhagen in Denmark. So he is one of their uh, bigger names and bigger club, or affi- club affiliations. And uh, Aiden Hrostic plays for Eintracht Frankfurt, which is actually doing quite well in Germany, though they're not typically uh, one of the top German teams. Uh, otherwise, they seem to be kind of respect- respectable um. Respectable, but smaller teams. Um, for example, in England, it's Sunderland and Stoke and Middlesbrough. None of them uh, are in the top division. Blackpool also. Uh, in Germany, it's St. Pauli, Dynamo, Dresden, um, Eintracht, Frankfurt, which we saw. And then a couple playing uh, uh, for Asian teams like Kuwait and um, uh, al Salli in, in the saudi arabia and a couple in japan there was a player in south korea too but i think he moved to a japanese team and then about a third of the team playing for uh some of the bigger bigger clubs in um uh australia uh, sydney fc uh macarthur and uh, uh melbourne city uh for example so um Again, uh, no no kind of eye popping uh, club affiliations, but certainly respectable as far as that goes. Okay, I've been running some uh, statistics on the uh, on the teams as I've been doing them, and one of them uh, is how many players, Uh, they kind of have on on the plate in front of them. So I said I feel like they need a bit of a bigger base to choose from. Uh, That's not really reflected in the statistics because they have 48 and the average is 50. So uh, it's a reasonable number of players to choose from. But I think it may be a little bit different for Australia uh, since they do have a number of players who didn't play in the last three games. And uh, I'm kind of left wondering... Uh, if they're still part of the squad or what exactly is going on with them. I'm kind of anxious to see who they call up in September. As I said, uh, I kind of suspect there may be a few new players, maybe some of those players returning. Um, Yeah, but from the statistic itself, it's hard to make any conclusions. Uh, 35 players, they have uh, kind of under consideration. So I, I... I'd say those are the players generally that we have as definite, uh, likely, or possible here. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't have much more to say about that. And then the number of candidates as definite and likely is 22, which is proving to be quite similar for all the teams. So, again, uh not not very telling so these statistics not really uh telling us much about uh australia although there are a couple of things like we saw with the forwards in the player by player uh where they're um uh you know they don't really seem to have an outstanding forward and they seem to be trying out a lot of players some of them not forwards like krustic who's an attacking midfielder Uh, playing in a forward role. So looks like they have some decisions to make uh, there. But uh, ultimately, if they do have 22 in the definite unlikely category, uh, that's just four players to fill from among the possible candidates. But uh, I do kind of get the feeling that they're still uh, looking for uh, some positions there. Average age of Australia is uh, uh, does yield some information. It's considerably older than uh, most teams. Uh, the average is uh, 25 to 27, and they're a full year older than that. And uh, to go into more detail, I think they have... Um, um, <laughs> they have... Uh, 14 players who are 30 years old or older. Uh, so that's actually a lot more than than most teams. That, um, uh, and here I'm just looking at definite, likely impossible candidates. So that's about half of them, a little less than half. Uh, they have a 37-year-old keeper, Danny Vukovic. That's not so surprising for a goalkeeper. And... Um, uh so the rest are uh they have bruno forna, forna who's 35 and the rest are somewhere between 30 and 33. Uh, as far as the young end of the scale uh they have uh only two players who are uh 21 or younger and then uh about eight players who are 23 or younger so definitely on the older side Although, hard, hard to say uh, what that actually means other than they'll probably have to do some refreshing uh, after this World Cup. In terms of average caps, uh, it's 21 per player. And uh, especially considering the age of the team, that is actually quite low. So the average is 27.5, they have 21 and uh, we can kind of put that down to a lot of players coming back from uh, anywhere from four to seven years uh, of being off the team so you get basically um, an older player with not many caps and i think that's bringing down the average uh bringing down the average there the most capped player is uh matty um uh, sorry, is, is Maddie Ryan with 74 caps. And they have uh, only actually six players with 50 caps uh, or more. At the other end of the scale, they have uh, nine, 10, 12 players with four caps or less. Uh, so a fairly inexperienced team, despite being an older team, Uh, their total goals is 92 that's also uh, quite a bit lower than the average and we we have seen that um, scoring goals is a bit of a uh, an issue for Australia Uh, 92 uh, whereas the average is 119 so that might kind of come down to them having fewer caps on average uh, as well but but I think uh, most will agree that uh, scoring is an issue for um, for uh, Australia. And in terms of uh, goals per player, it's just a t- statistic, but 2.6 goals per player for what it's worth uh, is the lowest, uh, I think the second lowest, the third lowest of all the teams we've done so far. So we can make of that what we will, but I think I'll just uh, generalise. Generalize it by saying that Australia uh, needs to find more goals or uh, players with more goals. Okay, let's look at uh, players and issues to watch. So in defense, we have Matt Ryan as a very steady uh, starter, but perhaps too steady because he he's played almost all of their games except for one against Chinese Taipei, which is really Taiwan, and one against Nepal. Uh, so you kind of worry that if he gets injured, uh, that the other players don't really have enough experience. Um, uh, and perhaps uh, it would be good if they got a little more field time um, just in case Maddie Ryan becomes unavailable. Uh, and another issue in defence is the recent change in the defensive pairing. So in the play by play we saw that uh, Saintsbury and... Um, uh, the high scoring uh central midfielder whose name is currently eluding me. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll come back to that, but anyway, uh, Sufa, uh, Sutar is his name. Uh, Sainsbury and Sutar, uh, was a pretty solid pairing until Sutar got injured, and we'll talk about his injury a bit later. Uh, and when Sutar was out uh, it was Sainsbury continuing with someone else um, usually uh, De- uh, Degenak um, as a fairly steady pairing but then suddenly in the last three games they switched to uh, rolls and Wright. so uh, difficult to know and two of those were very important games the playoff games. so I was a bit surprised that they went with uh, uh, fairly uh, a, a a fairly inexperienced pairing there although uh, obviously it was a good decision because they got through but um, the question is whether they will go back to uh, the standard pairing of Sainsbury and Sutar or Sainsbury and someone or whether they'll stick with their rules and right as kind of a new pairing in the midfield uh the biggest uh, changes generally they go with four at the back and one or sometimes two up front so the different formations are generally a midfield formation their preferred formation was a 4-2-3-1 uh, but in the uh, playoff games they went with a 4-1-4-1 four, one, four, one. so uh, kind of a big change in the formation there again it worked out for them Uh, In their tougher games, they generally use a 4-4-2 formation or a 4-3-3 formation. So I'm expecting something more like that in the World Cup because the competition is uh, a a bit tougher. But um, again, uh, changes towards the end uh, of the campaign uh, make me make me a bit nervous uh, so we'll see what they come up with in the September games and I think they have a couple of friendly games uh, leading up to the World Cup. And finally in attack, uh, the center forward position is open and they really um, are looking for uh, you know a steady goal scorer. so I'll talk a little bit about the uh, goals. actually you know the players don't have uh, bad percentages and yet uh, they do seem to need a goal scorer. So um, uh, our Mabrel has a 25% scoring ratio. So uh, in 28 games, he has seven goals. Uh, Harry Sutar is a central defender. He has an amazing 60% uh, record, uh, six goals in 10 games. I'm not sure how that happened. But anyway, they're not going to be relying on him as their main goal scorer. A couple of players in the 30s there. Mitchell Duke has seven goals in 20 games. That's 35%. And Adam Taggart, who wasn't uh, there for the last few games, has a reasonable Uh, or a good scoring percentage, six goals in 16 games. You'll see, though, uh, the number of games is small, so it really only becomes a relevant statistic when they have more than, say, 25 or 30 games. So Jamie McLaren has eight in 25, and yet, uh, despite these good percentages, uh, none of them seem like really outstanding attackers, and uh, certainly Australia hasn't centred or hasn't settled on any one of them uh, uh as the starting center forward and in fact sometimes go to an attacking midfielder uh trying to find someone who will score goals for them all right let's take a look at the uh new injured and um, notably absent players so uh new players will kind of go i guess in order of uh how much they're contributing to the team we have harry sutar as a central defender um, However, he is an injury risk, uh, we'll talk about him soon. Uh, Martin Boyle has also been starting regularly, both he and Sutar we uh, consider to be definite candidates. Um, Boyle is a right attacking midfielder or a right winger. Fran Karacic is a uh, right defender. We consider him a likely candidate. And we have goalkeeper Andrew Redmayne um, on the squad. He's actually not young. He's um, 33 years old, but he is uh, new to the team. And we consider him likely. Uh, Denis Jonhwo uh, is a attacking midfielder. We consider him... Um, a likely candidate, although uh, probably not a starter, which we'll get to soon. And we have right winger, um, uh, Marco Tillio, as a likely candidate too. And then uh, among the possible candidates that we want to point out, we have uh, Kai Rolls, who is a central defender and uh, uh, started the last two games, but uh, is an injury risk. And uh, Nathaniel Atkinson, who is a right back, uh, who we consider a possible candidate. Again, we talked about all of these players in the player by player, so I'm just kind of uh, reviewing them here. Uh, Kenny Dugal, a defensive midfielder and a possible candidate. And finally, Gianni Stensness, uh, a central defender, uh, who we consider a possible candidate. So uh, those are the new players on the team. And now let's move on to injuries. So we have uh, Harry Sutar, the player we consider definite. Uh, But of course, he'll have to be recovered uh, to be definite. He has a cruciate ligament rupture uh, and he's expected back November 14th. So I think he's been out for almost a year. And November 14th is close to the time. So uh, that's a bit touchy as to whether he's going to recover in time, but they certainly hope he will. Uh, The high-scoring central defender, Harry Sutar. We mentioned uh, Kai Rolt above, too. Uh, He's a central defender, and he has a metatarsal fracture, uh, which he picked up in early September. He's expected back uh, October 31st, so it looks like he would make the team there. Uh, and we have him as a possible candidate anyway and finally uh, Bruno Forna, Fornaroli um, has an ankle injury with an unknown return date and he is a forward who we considered a possible candidate so uh, all three of those um, um, I'd say uh, Kai Roll's uh, most likely to make it back among those, but the other two are a bit less uh, certain. Moving on to notable absences, we actually have goalkeeper uh, Mitchell Langerak. So it seems like um, the new player we mentioned above, Andrew Redmayne, uh, took over the third string keeper position. So uh, Mitchell Langerak. Um, last appeared for the team in October 2019 so an outside possibility that uh, he could come back but they seem to have gone with a different keeper. Uh, Massimo Luongo Luongo, uh, last appeared uh, on the bench in September 2019 he's still playing for Middlesbrough in English and he was part of the Uh, part of the team from the 2004 World Cup to the 2019 Asian Cup. Uh, And he's just 30 years old, so um, I guess an outside chance of him coming back, but he hasn't been selected. Uh, Now, we do look at some of the players uh, who were not at the 2019 Asian Cup, but some people follow the team kind of from World Cup to World Cup. So uh, these are the key players that have gone from the 2018 World Cup. So, Tim Cahill. Uh, uh, Tim Cahill actually played uh, a game after the World Cup, but um, uh, wasn't part of the 2019 Asian Cup. Uh, we won't go into detail on the bios of these players here. Uh, we have in Jedinak uh he um last played um well he did actually not play after the 2018 world cup but he uh, was called up to a training camp uh in September 2018 but he didn't play any games for the team and uh he retired from uh soccer in 2019 so uh mile Jedinak um a big miss for them there and uh Finally, we have Tommy Durek. I, I think he's still, oh, he is still actively playing in Australia, um, and uh, it was a bit of a surprise that he didn't uh, um, play in the 2019 Asian Cup because he had played three of the four games uh, between the World Cup and the Asian Cup in 2019. Uh, but anyway, his last game was in 2018. And uh, he is off, off the team, it seems, uh, despite being just 31 years old. So um, perhaps an outside chance of him uh, coming back in. Okay, and now we're going to finish with the uh, predictions of the starter. So we'll kind of go through the squad again quickly here. And uh, beginning with the manager, well, uh, we know Bert Van Marwick, uh was replaced by Graham Arnold and uh, Arnold took them through the 2019 Asian Cup and will take them through this tournament. Uh, For goalkeepers, we have definite candidates, uh, Matthew Ryan and Danny Vukovic, and likely candidate Andrew Redman. And uh, Matthew Ryan has started almost all of their games, so uh, of course he will be the starter. Um, And uh, I'm predicting Vukovic and Redman uh, I don't see uh, uh, Langerack coming back to uh, challenge them for their positions on the bench. For central defenders, it's really uh, kind of up in the air. So we have definite candidates uh, Trent Sainsbury and uh, Harry Sutor, and uh, likely candidates Milo Steganak and Bailey Wright, and even three possible candidates Kai Rolls, Gianni Stensnes, and Ryan McGowan. So. Um, Basically it was uh, Sainsbury and someone else, Harry Soutar until he got injured, uh, but then one of the others, uh, mostly Daganek. Uh, but then in the last two games, those important playoff games uh, to reach the cup against United Arab Emirates and Peru, they switched it up and started with um, uh, Bailey and Rolls as the central pairing. So a little difficult to say. Um, I'm thinking the definite, likely, and possible players, uh, uh, roles among the possible players at least will be there, but uh, I'm not really in a position to guess uh, which way they're going to go uh, in terms of starters. So uh, we'll maybe uh, re- come back to this in the update podcast because it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, in September. Uh, for left-back, we have definite candidate Aziz Behic and possible candidates uh, Craig Goodwin and Joel King. Uh, Craig Goodwin has actually just played as a left midfielder in his starts. Um, anyway, we think uh, Aziz Behich is going to be the uh, um, uh, definite candidate there. Um, actually, I want to go back and uh, use a different color uh, to uh, whoops to suggest that. Um, uh, the central defenders will be among those four starters: Trent uh, Sainsbury, Harry Sutar, if he recovers, uh, Bailey Wright, and Kai Rolls. Uh, I think two of those, uh, uh, one of those pairings will be the starting, but it could be either one of them. Okay, sorry. So left back, Aziz Bay Right back, um uh frank harrisage seems to be the most likely candidate but i'm not sure that i would put him as the starter um uh and ryan grant was off the team for the last uh three games he was the starter so uh, a bit confusing as to what it means that he was off the squad for the last uh three games is he kind of out of the squad or is he uh uh, is he going to come back in September and for the Cup? So again, I'm a little unsure uh, who to nominate here. For me, Franz Karasic didn't start enough games uh, in the position to to uh, justify naming him as the starter. And Atkinson came in at the end. So honestly, it could be any one of the three. But uh, I'm going to nominate either Frank Karasic or Nathaniel Atkinson. Uh, as the starter, there, but it could be either one. Okay, defensive midfielders, uh, and this includes uh, central midfielders. Actually, um, uh, again, it was a, a fairly steady, uh, a fairly steady pairing of Irvine Jackson, Irvine, and uh, Aidan Trustick in the early games of World Cup qualifying. Uh, but then it became a bit muddled after that, with all sorts of players coming in. So um, uh, I actually thought Aaron Moy would be the would be the starter, but uh, he actually didn't play as many games as we thought. But um, I'm going to be bold here and say Jackson Irvine will be uh, one of the starters. And um, should I nominate Aaron Moy as a starter? I think so. They'll be playing tough teams, and he's very defensive minded. Uh, um, uh, he's uh, they tend to use he, he was used in the stopper role, for example, in those two last playoff games. So, um, really not sure, uh, to be honest here. So, I'm kind of uh, uh, putting a bet on the table there. Okay, left midfielders and right midfielders they don't use. Sorry, I should go through the names. Defensive midfielders, uh, Jackson Irvine is a definite candidate to make the team. Uh, and possible candidates Kenny Dugal, James Jago, and Connor Metcalf. For central midfielders, we have Aaron Moy as likely to make the team, and Riley McGree and Mustafa. Uh, no, and uh, that's it. Those are the kind of candidates. So uh, we think most of those will be there. Um, but uh, I'm putting Jackson Irvine and Aaron Moy as the starters there. Uh, Left midfielders and right midfielders, we said in the player-by-player that generally central midfielders play this role, so there are no uh, likely or definite candidates or even possible candidates there. Uh, On the left wing, we have Matthew Leckie as a likely candidate and Ben Folami and Nikita uh, Rokhavitsja as uh, possible candidates candidates no they're possible but unlikely so just uh, matthew lecky as a likely candidate but we have seen other players play uh, over on the left so do i see matthew lecky as a starter huh. again that's uh, kind of tough but um actually i kind of think it'll be between him and the attacking midfielder our mabil um for the position so um but I do think Lecky will be starting somewhere on the field, not necessarily in that left winger role. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold and put him as the starter. On the right wing, uh, Martin Boyle definitely seems to hold down the position uh, a lot uh, more firmly than anyone on the left side. So Martin Boyle, the definite candidate. Uh, I think is going to be the starter. And we also have likely candidate Marco Leo, But even though we put him as likely to make the squad, uh, we de- we see him as a substitute rather than as a starter. Uh, attacking midfielders, uh, we have Aiden Rustic and uh, Auer Ma- Mabil. And I think both of them will be used. I'm not really confident enough to say as starters, um rustic returned actually after uh, uh an absence and i guess he played enough games and he's actually very versatile up at the front uh playing in various positions i mentioned uh before he even plays uh, back in the central midfield uh, or even a defensive midfield so i'm gonna say uh yes to rustic but for uh our mobile i think even though um a definite to make the squad not not confident enough to say he's a starter the likely candidate there is Dennis Jean and uh, possible candidate Tom Roderick, another one of several players who was kind of well established in the team and then kind of disappeared for those last few games so not sure what the status of them is I, anyway neither Dennis Jongwell or Tom Roderick uh, do we see as starters? And then in the forward line, it's very uncertain uh, uh, who's going to start. So I'm not going to hazard a guess. Uh, I think Duke Mitchell will be one of the candidates, maybe get a start and see how he does. Um, But I think he's kind of first in line there. Adam Taggart is another player who, you know, was being used quite a bit as the the starting centre forward and then slowly drifted off the team and didn't appear in the last few games there. So I think actually Jamie McLaren is maybe second in line, uh, the likely candidate, Jamie McCarran, and uh, possible candidates Adam Taggart, Nicholas D'Agostino, and Bruno uh, Fornaroli, depending on his injury. Uh, I think they'll uh, be brought to the cup but will come in as substitutes, maybe if one of them. Uh, makes a good impression. They can grab the starting position, which seems fairly open. Okay, well that brings us to the end of the uh, of the uh, media cast. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, keep in mind that we'll be doing an update as new information comes out. So some September games, and hopefully a couple of friendlies, uh, pre-cup friendlies that we'll be able to talk about. That'll probably be in early to mid-November when the teams will be publishing their uh, squad lists. Meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files uh, Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check the show notes for links to our website. We've been improving the show notes. And uh, you can also find links to previous podcasts uh and and so on. All the best, and I will see you in our next media cast. Bye bye. <laughs>